Hi, my name is Tyler Fornis, and I am the co-host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hunky here on the Voice Wrestling Podcasting Network. Every week, my co-host Fred Moreland and I discuss all the happenings of all elite wrestling and everything going on in the universe of Tony Khan. We talk about Dynamite, we talk about Rampage, and we will talk about Collision when the time comes as well, along with all the appearances outside of AEW from all the best talents in all elite wrestling. This is one of the more cohesive wrestling companies in the entire world, and we discuss every intricacy about it, including the unique booking of Tony Khan that is both a huge positive and a major detriment. Check us out every single Thursday here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hola, everybody. It's not as funny the second time, is it, Damon? Uh, welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, joined by Damon McDonald. It is Sunday, 26th of February, 2023. This is episode 248 with a, a bit of a Spanish Mexican flavor this week to celebrate yes. the wonderful time of year that is fantastic and mania, Damon. That was pretty good. I mean, I feel, yeah, you're probably right. It was probably funnier the first time. <laughs> but, uh, we had some technical difficulties. The, uh, our sync was out of sync and then, uh, we couldn't hear each other. Uh, but I still laughed inside, Joel. It was still great to hear. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm sure the listeners are all pissing themselves. So yeah, that's, that's the important thing. Yeah. Hey, uh, maybe we'll, we'll, uh, get some, get some juice in that podcast chat thread <laughs> on discord <laughs> i did yes. check i did i did take a look at that well, uh, people go to complain about things that i have said yeah me too apparently oh well what are you gonna do uh i love them all i love them all the freaks as they call themselves right the freaks yes the shinohan freaks i love them all right look what are we gonna do how's your arsenal doing uh, good one uh, last night beat Leicester away, uh, so we are two points clear with a game in hand, which we're going to play midweek. So still in it, still in with a a shot. Okay. Um, if you were to put the Super J cost branded gun to my head and say, "Do I think we're going to win the league?" I would still say no because that's oh. sort of self preservation more than anything. Because <laughs> um, it's all going to come down to I think the game we play away to City and they've already beaten us at home so that's sort of ruffled my feathers a bit so yeah so definitely circling that one in the calendar alright how many games left uh, I don't know about 14 15 oh god jeez you got a long way to go oh god okay. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can go wrong with yeah 
Yeah, I thought you hit me. I thought you were going to say like three. Be like, ah, oh, smooth sailing. You got it. Now fourteen's a. It's oh, a big number. A lot can happen. All right, listen. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for you. I know it means a lot. Someone asked the question. George says, uh, define the Premier League top four at the moment by New Japan wrestlers and who's going to be top of the league at the end of the season. So, I mean, Man City, they're obviously Okada, yeah. know, making it rain with money and you know, dominant champions just destroying everything in their path. Uh, so what would Arsenal be? I don't know. Zack Sabre Jr. Okay. Winning a... Uh, <laughs> good, good, good for a New Japan Cup here and there, but... Not the big prize. Right. Right. Uh, who else would there be? I don't know. United would be... Somebody... Tanahashi. Probably Tanahashi, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good shout. Uh, Newcastle. I think they'll be up there at the end of the season. I don't know. Maybe show to Umino. Somebody wow. Just sort of rocketed to the top and no one likes them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. how's, uh, how's Liverpool this year? Do they stink? Yeah, they do stink of it. Wow. Not great. Okay. Yeah. What about that team that won like the miracle season? Um was that Leicester City? Yes. Are they Who still we beat okay. yesterday? Uh no, they're they're pretty sharp sure. now. They're fourteenth in the league. Wow. How do you win the league and drop the fourteenth? Well, that was about when was it, twenty sixteen, seventeen they won it, so it's not that long. Ne- nearly ten years ago. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. My math's off. <laughs> and the problem is, like, there's a, a team like that. Whenever you get good and people realize your players are good, then the big boys are going to come sniffing around and yeah. cherry picking all your your best players. So you know, there's a teams like I don't know Brighton and Hove Albion, for example, who just have the seem to have this never ending pipeline of incredibly talented players. Like their scouting networks are amazing. So one of their players will just come out of nowhere and turn out to be brilliant. And then the big club will come and buy them. And then you think, oh, you know, they're in trouble now. And then they'll get another player out of nowhere. I don't know if you heard of this Japanese guy, Karu Mitoma, who is a bit of a a phenom at the moment. Um, Did his uh, university dissertation on dribbling, strapped a GoPro to his head and did loads of research (laughs) on the most effective ways to dribble. So, wow. uh, Yeah. He's making a lot of headlines at the moment. You know what I found the most effective way is to just pick up the ball and and walk with it. It's so easy yeah. and convenient. <laughs> I tell you, do you remember, remember there was a player called Curlon who innovated this seal dribble where he would run along with the ball bouncing on his head? I didn't know that was a like a like a legitimate thing. Like, why would you do that? Like, honestly, any physical contact, and you're not going to be able to do that, right? Yeah, people were just like <laughs> kicking him, <laughs> shoving him over. It wasn't very effective. Right, I can't imagine it being effective unless he's got like tape. He like has like double sided tape, and it just sticks to his head, and he just runs. <laughs> That'd be <Yeah>. great. <laughs> he's he he cemented the ball to his head. <laughs> oh, he's got a score. Oh, he's got to jump it in that. What a silly, what a silly premise. Uh yeah. I mean, I just. That's the problem. That's the problem with your league. I got to be honest with you. Is like people can just swoop in and just cherry pick best players and a team that's like really analytical and really, you know, trying to find the diamonds in the rough and constructing a team based off of that. Yeah. And then they win the championship and then they're all making shit money and they're like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess I'll sign this check and play for this team now. 
Yeah, that sucks. But that's sports. What are you going to do? What are you? Thank God. I mean, honestly, my interest in the Premier League is hanging on by thread. Just the way that all this money's coming through from basically nation states, you know, like Abu Dhabi with Man City and now Saudis own Newcastle and now Qatar are trying to buy Man United and we got, you know, Todd Bowley with his US uh, billionaire hedge fund, you know, spending, what, they spent like nearly half a billion pounds in the, the last 12 months or something. It's it's insane. So I feel like this is <laughs> Arsenal's last shot at winning something before it just becomes a complete... Who has the most money? Who, yeah. 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 Who has the most money? That's, that's That sucks. Oh, well, look, well, again, I, you got to get a salary cap or something. You got to get a salary cap. Yeah. Yeah. Or some, you know, properly enforced financial fair play regulations because there are allegedly some at the moment, but if you put the gun to my head, I would not be able to tell you what they are because they're certainly not effective. You know, no, they're not. And then look, Arsenal spend a lot of money as well. We are not uh, exempt from this sort of criticism. But, um, right, we got to play the game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Look, thank God you don't have that New Japan, you know, people swiping people up and <laughs> giving them more money. Yes. <laughs> That's. It's been a really interesting week for New Japan. It has. Like, to to look at all the different things we've got on the docket to talk about this week. And that's really sort of emblematic of the global reach and domestic reach where, you know, they've got their fingers in a lot of different pies. So we've got plenty to talk about and not all of them are purely New Japan Pro Wrestling related. Did you say fingers in a pie? (laughs) Yeah. Should we go to the pie question? Steel O'Neill says, what is the best pie? And don't say cream. FFS Damon. That's right. That's right. Uh, you you had a good one, actually. I, I, and uh, uh, it might be it might be the best answer. But uh, why don't you share your answer first? Because we did this before. But okay, we're going to make it sound as original yeah. as possible. <laughs> don't worry. It wasn't that bad, listeners. We lost about... 90 seconds of audio. Right. It wasn't like an entire episode. That's only happened to us once. And oh, yeah, God. it only takes it to happen once and you really, you learn your fucking lesson after that, don't yep. you? But, uh, okay. Best pies, uh, steak and ale pie, uh, mm. savory pies. Yeah. Shepherd's pie, cottage pie. Those are two English classics. Uh, in terms of a, uh, a sweet pie, a dessert pie. I do like a McDonald's apple pie, oh. uh, a lemon meringue pie. Very nice. And a banoffee pie. That's pretty good as well. And, yeah, what about you, David? What pies do you enjoy eating? <laughs> um, hmm. I would say banana cream pie has got to be up there. Banana cream pie is fucking great, especially if you got a good one. Uh, and then I might go, I might go, uh, I do like an apple pie, but I don't like many fruit pies. Like, I don't like a blueberry pie. Ugh. Or like a like a big cherry pie or oh no. That's uh no, it's too much. It's too much. Uh have you ever had the uh shoe fly pie? That's a very regional thing. Shoe fly shoe fly. I say yes, shoe fly pie. Yeah. How's that spelled? Uh I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it's shoe dash fly. I don't know. Uh, it's what, a shoe like the shoe you put on your foot? I think so. I think. I'm not a thousand percent sure. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. No, it's S H double O F L Y. Oh, yeah. Okay. It looks like it's a Shufli. Yeah. Shufli Primate of Desert Molasses. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. No, that sounds interesting. I've never tried that. It's like a. Similar to a coffee cake, but gooey molasses bottom. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, that's probably right. Um, so if you go out into like, uh, Pennsylvania Dutch country, um, like Amish, they have all those, all those kind of pies. I do like a good apple pie though. I do like a good apple pie. I like it with a lattice top, a little crunchy sugar. That's fantastic. Fuck. Now I want, I'm all right. Let me ask you this. Are you a pie or a cake guy? Hmm. Partial to both. I don't eat many pies. No. <laughs> this, is, this is rubbish. This is not an interesting conversation. I'm, I'm pulling the plug on the pie chat. Really? Oh. No, it's oh. rubbish. No, All we're right. going it. We're, we're moving on. All right. Uh, let's talk Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards. So That's better good, than pie. Good haul for Come New on. Japan. Yes, it is better than pie. And certainly Will Ospreay will in, be enjoying his most outstanding award more than a lovely portion of Shepherd's Pie with... Nice grilled cheese on top. Uh, yeah, so Will Ospreay, most outstanding match of the year was Ospreay versus Okada, the G1 match. The Japan MVP was Okada, the Europe MVP was Ospreay, and uh, best announcer, our friend Kevin Kelly, back on top, where he nice. belongs. And Chris, Chris Charlton doing well in that as well. So I've spoken before, they are the best announced team in the business, so it's good to see Chris and Kevin getting their flowers for that. I love it, yeah. I mean, there's really no one else. Aside, I mean... Excalibur, you know, he gets a lot of love, um, and rightfully so, rightfully so. Like he's, I think he's the best of AEW's entire fucking crew. Um, so yeah, it's good to see Kevin Kelly up there. He deserves it. He, he really does. He really fucking deserves it. Um, I always love during the Observer Award season where you get the the flurry of people bitching and moaning. Oh, Dave's biased. Oh, Dave. Oh, he, it's the it, it's voted upon. <laughs> like, like it's the people yeah. that's vote every year. We even if it wasn't, like, I, I just cannot imagine in the year of our Lord getting upset about stuff that Dave Meltzer likes. Like Jesus Christ! I mean, right. come on. If, if <laughs> what are we doing? Why is that? Why are people getting annoyed at that still? I don't know. I, I promise you, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just, like, I, I don't know. It's, it's like, like I, I, I feel like I'm really angry about a man who likes things that he likes. Right. Urgh, why does he like that thing? Why does this man like a thing? Right. I want him to like another thing. Right. Right. And then he's like, and then everybody else who subscribes to him just feels exactly the same way. No, that's not, I don't think that's true at all. I don't know. I, I don't look. Dave has his faults. I think everyone can agree with that. I think he would agree with it, but I don't. I think he's no. perfect. <laughs> you love him just the way he is. Yes. I love him just the way he is. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Nah, I feel, and now I, no, I, I was going to say I don't feel bad for Dave, but like, I don't know. I just, like I said, I just find it hilarious every fucking year we go through it. Every fucking year you see it. And it's like, uh, like, are you, are you, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I wish I could find the word. Oh yeah. Idiots. Fucking idiots. That's okay. That's the word I'm looking for. Good. Okay. I'm good. 
All right. Uh, there's a very good documentary on New Japan World called uh, Wrestle Kingdom 17, What is Fighting Spirit? So it's basically behind-the-scenes look at the event and interviews with everyone in the, the wake of the passing of Antonio Inoki, asking fans and members of the you know, production staff and the wrestlers themselves, what does strong style mean? Uh, fighting spirit. What is fighting style? Fighting spirit? Fighting style? <laughs> they, they're sort of synonymous, aren't they? Yeah. But it was just interesting. I like... The, my biggest takeaway from it was Shota Umino's grandma glasses. I mean, that was, <laughs> when you saw the cameras rolling, you should be like, okay, maybe I'll take my glasses off before this because people are going to see this and I, I look like an old lady. You but did. no, fair fair play to me, just went right on ahead with it. <laughs> <laughs> he did look like it. Oh, those glasses. I did. I remember watching that and thinking, what the fuck is he wearing? Um, yeah. Yeah, they were horrible. But what wasn't horrible was the production, and I I don't think there's a company on planet Earth that does a better job. I don't care what anybody says. Like it just like it's legitimate emotion and a, a legitimate like it's not acting and it's not put on bullshit and it's not just hokey dumb fucking insult your intelligence kind of stuff it's just well done and the way that they incorporated uh various wrestlers throughout of course okada they talked to and uh even like togi makabe if i'm not mistaken and a couple other people and and, and they kind of inter interspurt oh and tatsumi fujinami they, they, they had a long segment with um and then the way they kind of interweave uh fan interaction um, I, I, I'm sorry. I just think they're, they're the fucking best. I look forward to seeing those documentary things that they put together, uh, all the time. Cause I just think, I, I wish they would have one a month. I wish they could find a way to do one a month. Cause I just think that they're so good. Um, and I don't know. They just feel like they feel real. They feel genuine. That's that's the word I'm looking for. They feel genuine, and yes, I, those little I, moments they capture, like you know, at the end of the show where Okada's on stage and they're you know, Ishii's done. It's like wow, this is you know, the mega star, the, the king of professional wrestling in Japan. But then it just follows him going through that curtain into this you know big empty, lonely, cavernous arena, like backstage in the in the halls, and he's just sort of trudging off, all exhausted, and there's just something kind of melancholy about that that uh, these these documentaries do a tremendous job capturing just those quiet little moments That's, between the yes. uh, the bright lights yeah i agree well they, like they're you know kind of ready to go up the steps and out the ramp you know and they're kind of collecting their thoughts and they're you know just trying to get their mind mentally prepared for what's ahead um yeah it's really good i really i i, I just love that element of pro wrestling like to me it, i'm more interested in like th like that <laughs> you know like the moments before they're going out or you know even like osprey just like kind of like hopping on that platform to have them rise you know what i mean like i, I like that kind of stuff as sometimes even more than the actual pro wrestling so the logistics behind it like the, the behind the curtain if you will so yeah, I mean, if you haven't watched it, you just – I can't recommend it enough. It's really, really good, really good. Um, and I – and 
also like it's not a you know like a like an Antonio Noki documentary, but you know he is the foundation for you know that 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 what does fighting spirit mean? You know it's 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 interwoven into who he is. So obviously he's going to be a a major focus, but it wasn't like this. It was this gigantic tribute. It was more of people's interpretation of what that means, uh, and 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 maybe not strangely enough, but strangely enough, you know everybody had had a, a slightly different spin on it and a different take. It's almost like you know music or religion or. A combination of both. Um, it was just an interesting thing to to see and hear. Um, and you know, even like they, they they're talking to uh, people on the on the business side of New Japan Pro Wrestling and talking about what it means. And referee Marty Asai and Red Shoes and Uno and uh, I mean they 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 covered it. They covered it. and of course fans um, outside the dome. I don't know. I, I I can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah, my most interesting parts were when they're talking to Tanahashi, and he was very candid about this, and he was talking about how he thinks strong style is a curse, like he can't compete with the nostalgia, and his strategy was just to avoid the sort of spectre of Anoki altogether and try and create something new. So it was just quite interesting that line he said where he said, "I have everything except fighting spirit." Right. So he just sort of completely rejected this and, and just talking to other people like Shibata, he, he said he hated being put together with Nakamura and Tanahashi and none of them liked it by the sounds of things. But I mean, he, with that being said, it was nice to see how this nebulous, pretty gimmicky concept seemed to have given a, a lot of people strength and purpose in their lives. Yeah, it, it really did. And, and, and it's really a, a foundation of everything that's going on with, Within the company, outside the company, the people that they bring in, um, the people who have trained in, in like the, the the old LA dojo, and even the new one, <laughs> you know, it's it's just interwoven in. Um, and and again, it's you know, it, it's it is pro wrestling, right? <laughs> right, still, still, it's still pro wrestling, even though you know, Anoki really. Loves stroking that MMA uh, fire, but no. <sighs> history has shown, history has shown that uh, maybe Hiroshi Tanahashi was right all along. And hey, speaking of Shibata, we got news uh, for I think it was yesterday actually. He was doing some sort of. Uh, meet and greet online thing. I don't know what it was, but he said that he signed a new contract with New Japan. He actually got the contract out uh, in front of the camera for everyone to see, which caught me off guard a little bit because I was sort of feeling some dissatisfaction from him. I kind of got the impression he was desperate to wrestle and for whatever reason, New Japan wouldn't let him wrestle. And I kind of felt maybe he had one foot out the door. So I don't know if this is a deal that something he's just come to terms with, or maybe it's a deal that is giving him more free freedom and flexibility to wrestle for other promotions, or maybe Krusty is coming and he's going to be wrestling some matches with New Japan. I don't know. Like that would be, if I had to pick one of them, if this is a guy who wants to wrestle, then why would he sign a contract for a company that's not going to allow him to wrestle? Right. 
again, unless they, you know, they pawn him off other promotions doing stuff like that. But you can't, I mean, he's not going to do that for two years. I mean, he, I, I would find it amazing to sign a contract for two years. Um, and again, maybe he's just, um, look, I think everyone is in agreement that it would, it would be nice to see him as an active pro wrestler within new Japan pro wrestling and maybe not training and, and being a person who is a point person, um, for the training. Now, with that said, he's not young, right? That injury occurred how long ago? Oh, uh, over what, five years? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it was tw- 2017. So. Okay. I mean, you know, it's been a while since he's been a, a true full time pro wrestler. And that's not to say that he can't go and get in ring shape. Absolutely. And that's not even to say that he's not right now. But, you know, it's not like this is a 23 year old that's going to come back. This is a, I don't know how old, but I'm going to say at least 40 something. Right? Am, am I on a- Unless we forget, David, his brain was removed. Right. Faced in a job. It's hard to come back from that. <laughs> Speaking of Dave, <laughs> you know what? Dave does suck. <laughs> No, just kidding, of course. Um, that was one of the fucking greatest lines of all time. I, I'm not kidding. That is maybe one of the greatest lines ever in the Wrestling Observer newsletter. So good. So fucking good. Uh, he literally had his brain removed. <laughs> oh. Ice cream scoop. <laughs> all I think of is like, I don't know, maybe it's like, the Simpsons or Futurama or one of those fucking things. Just like a just brain hooked up to wires. <laughs> just kind of functioning on its own. Um, but again, I don't, um, how old, how old is, is, uh, Monsieur Shibata? Let me see. Let's have a look. Uh, Shibata Manufacturing Co. No, I thought we could no. get away with just searching for Shibata and it would just, <laughs> it's not worked. Uh, 43 years. 43. Okay. So, again, I mean, it's not super old, but it's, you know, again, it's not 20-something. So, uh, I will say this. If he can go, he can go. Let him go. Let him do what he's got to do. Let him, let him do it. Now, again, sometimes pro wrestlers aren't their best advocates for themselves. And they're going to do things that are incredibly stupid uh, just to get into a ring. But, but, big but, um, you also have to, if if everything lines up medically and he's okay to go, then what the fuck? Let's go. What are we waiting for? And a two-year contract? Well, and did he specifically say what? It was four, or he just said just. I don't two know years. if it was two year contract. Okay, he just he just said new contract. I don't know about the length ah. or the details of it. Okay, so we don't even know what role that is. I mean, he signs a contract to be what a head trainer for two years, um, contracted pro wrestler, uh, announced like what, what like what what is he doing for those two years? And I think that's a key thing that's missing from that conversation. It's great that he's holding up that contract. Okay. To do what is, I guess, is my question. Yes. Um, 
I don't know, I'm kind of tired of discussing it, to be honest. Let's just, you know, shit will get off the pot. Um, yeah. I would much rather see him wrestling in New Japan than being jobbed out to Orange Cassidy, but um, everyone is saying that. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, okay, Damon, we've got four places we can go to today. I'm going to let you decide Ooh. where you'd like to go first. We can go to the Noah Kajimuta Grand Final Pro Wrestling Last Love Holdout. We can talk Fantastic Mania. We can do the All-Star Junior Festival preview. That's coming up on Wednesday. Or we can do New Japan Cup Pickums. I say we start with uh, the Noah Dome Spectacular. Let's start there. And then uh, we can work our way through the other topics. My first thing that struck me watching this, David, was the production. Mm. I felt absolutely smoked New Japan's production. Like the entrances, the stage setup, the video packages, just the little infographics that popped up during the matches. Of course, that's to be expected considering that uh, Noah are a subsidiary of what well, a digital advertising company, Cyber Agent. But I certainly think there's some things that New Japan could pick up there. I I actually questioned it myself in the sense of who's footing the bill for that because it did look fantastic. Every level of New Japan Wrestle Kingdom type production and then some. I mean, the the video boards are there for the uh, baseball team that plays there, um, and, and it's, you know some of it is part of the stadium. But the the whole stage setup and all that, like who's paying for that and then when you kind of see the results i'm like oh that's who paid for it <laughs> that makes sense now. <laughs> if they're footing the bill uh but i don't know if that's to be the case let, let me be very clear i mean i'm sure we can ask but um it did look it looked it did not let's put it this way it did not look second grade it did not look you know dollar store as one joe lanza would, loves to say it does not it did not look uh, in any way, like a Mickey Mouse promotion, this was, it, it looked great. And, and again, you even mentioned it at, at certain points and at certain things. Um, I think New Japan can kind of, you know, they might want to take a look at that and incorporate that in some of their own shows. Cause uh, yeah, I thought the production, production wise, it looked great. Production wise, it looked great. Now, I'm good to just sort of skip ahead to talk about the New Japan wrestling involvement. Is uh, So the first match I would talk about was the Bullet Club versus Mazada and Los Alrongai match. Is there anything prior to that that you are desperate to no. get your hot takes in for? No, please, stop. <laughs> okay, well, sorry. Uh, this was uh, Gedo, <laughs> Gedo and Taiji Ishimori defeating Mazada and Los Alrongai, 4 minutes, 43 seconds. So this is uh, Los Alrongai, the booker of Pro Wrestling Noah and Dragon Gate and All Japan, and DDT, and Stardom, and New Japan. Source, <laughs> trust me, bro. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know, like, for me, WrestleMania 24 has, like, completely poisoned the well in terms of the the old, I'm sorry, I love you right. retirement spot. I mean, at least Ishimori found it emotional, because I was <laughs> rolling my eyes pretty hard at that. Yeah, me too. Uh, look, yeah, it, it, it did seem, in in one moment, Taiji Ishimori uh, just wound up <laughs> sobbing. I was like, "What did I miss?" I had to rewind it. <laughs> I had to go back and be like, "What? What the fuck happened here? What, what, why is it? Where is it? Why is somebody so upset here?" Um, yeah, I know it did seem silly. Um, it, I mean, do you think that's like a, a a swan song? Do you think that's a uh, uh, you know, is that? 
I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of like, like it, didn't it? Yeah. I don't know if he just sort of decided there and then, like, I'm going to retire now. <laughs> quickly finish me off. But, right, uh, right. Yeah, that, that's certainly that's what it looked like, at least. Yeah, yeah. It did feel it did have that, or at least they were attempting for that kind of vibe. Um, but I, I, truth, truth be told, I was I was even surprised that uh, New Japan came up on, uh, you know, on the on the uh, winning side, even in that match. <laughs> I was like. I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those nights, to be honest with you. I mean, you have oh, yes. a guy who, oh, yes, it was. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, you have a guy who has absolutely no reason not to to look at the lights uh, at the dome. But, yep, nope, he wasn't the one. So, OK, you know, look, again, maybe it, it was some kind of bigger plan to um maybe not officially, but to kind of say goodbye to um, a worker. I mean, riding off into the sunset, possibly, maybe. But, yeah, I mean, I just the, – the one thing that, that left me there was it's going to be one of those kind of nights, huh? Okay, makes sense. Yeah, when the team with Ghetto in it is going over there, <laughs> you, you know it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a special night for each <laughs> for wrestling fans, uh, which brings us on to a singles match with uh, Hiromu Takahashi defeating Mamase Mamasa Amakusa, <laughs> which uh, I thought was a, a really good match. I thought there were some fun spots with a mask that Amakusa used to wear when he was under the uh, Kenbai gimmick when he was in uh, Michinoku Pro in the late 2000s. Uh, I and I was clued up on the Discord here. Some of our uh, the, the freaks told me he actually had a few matches with Hiromu in England about ten years ago at such grand venues as the Assembly Hall Theatre in Royal Tunbridge Wells, Fairfield Halls in Croydon, Victoria Hall in Hanley, Staffordshire, Exeter Hall in Kidlington, and here's the icing on the cake, Damon: a house show at Butlins Holiday Resort in Minehead, Somerset. So what a way! They've got. I mean, for any UK listeners out there, just let that sink in. Hiromu Takahashi and Amakusa are teaming up at fucking Butlins. That that blew my mind. But uh, I mean, back to the match. I mean, at the very least, it was good to see Hiromu mixing up with some fresh opponents. And Amakusa, you know, I'm no expert on him, but he looks reinvigorated after the gimmick change. And I, I actually came away from this match more interested in Amakusa than Hiromu, which uh, you know, Hiromu is kind of. Unfortunately, he's sort of become emblematic of the, the staleness of the New Japan junior title scene. Leo Rush notwithstanding, but, you know, maybe even junior heavyweight wrestling in Japan in general. But, uh, you know, in this match, it was Amakuso who's doing all the, car, uh, the you know, the cool high-risk, high-flying stuff while Hiromu was the base, which is quite the turnaround, you know, thinking the way that Hiromu uh, re-debuted after his excursion and he was the guy doing all that stuff. And it's understandable given his injury struggles over the last few years. He's, and he's still uh, a top, top wrestler, but he's not thrilling as he once was. And I just think they need to be, if they're not already doing so, looking for that next junior ace and long-term using Hiromu to get whomever that is over. And I'm not saying Hiromu's about to retire or anything like that, but you've got to be looking at him and, and having an eye on the future and think, okay, who's next? Is it, you know, is Master Watto, is he going to be the guy after that? Uh, so, yeah, a lot of question marks there. Yeah, I mean, again, I think one of the, the, the biggest challenges has been is finding guys that he can work with that, you know, wouldn't necessarily be considered stale. Um, I think that was that's that's been a bit of a challenge. And two, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I I mean, the injuries have not done him any favor. Um, that that's for certain. There does seem to be, I don't know, maybe a 
a feeling of uh, like what what do you, what do we what do we do with him? <laughs> you know, he he could still run and lead the the junior division, which he has been. I, I just okay, I don't know. I I I don't open weight title, Damon. Never open weight title. Make it proper open weight. That is what he should be doing. And he sort of flirted with that. Yeah. Was it last year or the year before that, I can't even remember. But they just they did not pull the trigger on it. Um, I think he yeah. could. There's a couple guys like that. make that division and that title into a a draw. I think people would be really into that. But I would do. I I think that's probably the best way. Um, or maybe even like a tag situation. I mean, is there? I mean, there's no reason why he can't tag with like fucking Shingo and or. Uh, don't say Bushi, but like just to go after like the 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 big boy tag belts. I don't see why not. That would be great. Again, you can't make him grow though. Like you can't make him taller. <laughs> That's just yeah. What are you gonna do? Have him come out in fucking clown stilts? Um, so know, man, come on. He's like mixed it up with heavyweights at this point. You know, post pandemic in New Japan Cup, he's wrestled. Kadri's wrestled, Ishii's wrestled Eve. I know. I think, and it's not like, wow, this guy looks like so tiny in there. No one cares. It's, it's I just funny. think it's totally fucking passe. I really do. I think the idea of juniors and I like, I don't know. I just, I'm kind, and I've said it for for quite a while now. Like, it really feels like, like it doesn't happen anywhere else, does it? <laughs> it doesn't happen anywhere else. And I think you're missing out on a lot. But again, tradition be what it is. It's going to stay that way for who knows how long. But yeah, I think never titles would be perfect. You need something because, I mean, I don't want to say he's getting stale by the minute, but he's getting stale by the minute. And, you know, unless unless they find that one person to, to really jumpstart a, a, a true, honest-to-God Feud, because because aside from Despy, has he really had a, a, a super major feud? Uh, Dragon Lee, maybe, but, but I don't even know if I would consider that like a major feud. Would you? It was they were building to it. I mean, you know, they got the history between them, of course, when he was on excursion. But that had the legs cut out from under it, obviously, because Dragon Lee's um, company affiliations now. And I mean, the Ishimori rivalry was a pretty good one. Yeah. There's got to be a new one, because from all the people in the current division, it seems like he's finished everyone else off. So. Leo Rush, I'm putting a lot of hope into into that match coming up and (laughs) praying that Leo wins, to be honest. Yeah, just just to freshen it up a little bit. Yeah, and again, it's I'm not saying it's bad. It's just it just feels like it's in this weird kind of holding pattern. I don't and I don't know I don't know how you fix it aside from spicing it up with 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 different people being brought in. Okay, the next match is Kazuchika Okada defeating Kato Kiyomiya in 60 minutes, 30 <laughs> seconds. Man, this was fucking great. What yeah. a match this was. But I said after Wrestle Kingdom that Okada looked pissed off against Jay White. He was working a lot more stiff than he usually did. That looks like it's going to be the Okada flavor we're getting this year. And it's so good to watch. He's basically turned into a massive bully. And it's great. Mm. And it's great for us as 
New Japan fans seeing him absolutely clowning on the GHC champion. Is it great for Kato Kiyomiya? I don't know. Like maybe having your champion getting soundly beaten in 15 minutes after demanding <laughs> no time limit match isn't a good look. I'm no expert, but uh, when Okada's putting the Rainmaker pose after five minutes, then that is sending a clear message, you know, kayfabe or otherwise. Now, look, this was not a squash match. No. I'm not saying it that at all. It was, it was high intensity. It was very different, very refreshing to the usual Okada match layout. They didn't do the usual 10 minutes of feeding each other out. They went straight into it. Kato got plenty in there. I thought the brawl on the outside was great. In particular, Okada uh, was selling a lot for him. The subsequent parts where he was going after Okada's arm, he, he really had him on the ropes there. So uh, there were some good near falls, the shining wizard, the dragon suplex. So th- this is not the blowout that the finish might indicate if you watch that in isolation. But however, that finish cannot be ignored. I thought Kaito, Kaito, Kato, he, he really got punked out there because Okada picked his shoulders up after the first Rainmaker, then Enzo Giri thrown in an Emerald Flosion, of course, the, the signature move of Misawa, the founder of Pro Wrestling Noah, before landing another Rainmaker, putting him away. Then he gets his arm raised, rolls out of the ring, He's out of there like he had a train to catch. So, you know, not a squash match at all, but it was a dominant win. Backstage, he's saying he's done with Kato, he's done with Noah, no rematch. Now, look, if this was done against a fellow New Japan wrestler, like, I don't know, Shoto Umino or, or Red, then you think, yeah, this is the start of an incredible long-term story which culminates in Kato eventually getting his win over Okada on a big stage. But look, Kato Kimi does not work for New Japan Pro Wrestling. That long-term story, it might happen... But don't count on it because you always got to ask yourself the question, what's in it for New Japan to do that? It's a cooler story for the fans who enjoy both promotions. I think it would be a cooler story, but I do not think New Japan give a solitary fuck about that. And I've said it from Jump Street, New Japan Pro Wrestling don't play nice. No. You look who they gave up last year. They gave up Taka, Ghetto, Dick Togo, Kanemaru. This year they jobbed out Bushi and Sanada. And, and to be honest, I'm surprised they did that. And here in the Tokyo Dome, on a, a pro wrestling Noah show, this is Noah's biggest show in years, New Japan went 4-0. And I'm not putting a value yeah. judgment on that decision. I'm just pointing out this is the lay of the land. If, this, is, this is what they do. You want to use our guys to pop a house? Sure, but this is how it's going down. And yeah, of course, this is a New Japan podcast, so analysis of whether this is good for Noah or good for Kato, I'm leaving that to others. You know, you can listen to the flagship or Emerald Flow Show. They know that stuff better than me. But I'll just say that if it was... Okada losing in 15 minutes to, I don't know, Roman Reigns or MGF and getting insulted like that. I would have shit to say. Oh, God, point yeah. being, right? Don't, don't hold your breath on this being some long-term amazing story between Okada and Kato because all the evidence points to this being simply a case of, well, not just New Japan flexing, but pro wrestling Noah, historically, they've got no qualms about geeking out Kato for you know, short-term popping a house at the expense of a big start. Uh, but yeah, I mean, New Japan, they're the market leaders in the country and uh, they, they do be like that, Damon. Yeah, they sure do. Um, it It is amazing to me, simply amazing to me that that it would be allowed. Like, you're right. The, the only thing I can think of is the short-term, we got money in our pockets now. A kind of feeling because yes, it was a competitive match. Yes, it and let me just say, fucking great match. Enjoyed it incredibly. I love the fact that it was 16 minutes. Now we could talk about is it good for look, if I'm a Noah fan, if I'm 
sitting there watching this show thinking, okay, we're, we're in a big spot here. You know, uh, I, we don't necessarily have to win the majority, but we need to, you know, we need to look good in the pro. Ooh, I would be, I would be fucking, <laughs> I'd be hot. <laughs> I would be hot. Uh, because that finish was, I mean, aside from fucking Master Watto, can you name a more decisive uh, finish to a, and it wasn't even a championship match, but okay, with the uh, heavyweight champion, can, do you, uh, like, that was hit the Rainmaker, hit moves that are synonymous with a promotion, and do it again, and and not only that, Joel, the way he covered him, the way he covered him was just hand on chest. He wasn't even hooked. It was just hand. A hand was on his chest. Counted the three. And then you're right. Just boom, like it was double parked outside. He, he, was, he had a table reserved at TGI Fridays. Uh. Yeah, if I'm Noah, I would be like, or if I'm a Noah follower, I'd be like, what in the fuck is that? Which kind of has me pointing that there has to be something more. This It can't possibly be. Like, they wouldn't be so short-sighted to say, okay, 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 whatever you want, New Japan Pro Wrestling, will look like fucking, you know, that we're that we're not in your league, just so we can get this nice payday. And trust me, it's probably a nice payday, right? There were thirty thousand people in that dome. I mean, Muda has has a lot of nostalgia factor. Let's put it that way. And to see his last match, there were people I knew. I know people who were there, flew over. Uh, boy, again, I I I I, I hope. I hope that money serves them well, because because if I'm a Noah like if, like if I'm a Noah fan, I know I'm not in the in New Japan's league. I know I know the the wrestlers that I support are not in New Japan's league, and I guess I'm 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 gathering that you know if and not to bring it back to you know Premier League, but if you're like a team that's at the bottom of the fucking table. Or you're a team that's like in Champions League or whatever the, the secondary tier is. Um, you know you're not good enough. You know what I mean? You just know you're not good enough. And that's not a good feeling. And I think there's still money to be made. There's still money to be made. But, yeah. Look, I know this is a complete hedge, but it's either we're done here. Or there has to be something else because I just can't imagine a just the short sightedness of it. Well, yeah, I've said you know pro wrestling night. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the way that they have booked him over the last two years, then uh, short sightedness is <laughs> that's the yeah. modus operandi there. So um, we cannot act surprised like, oh my goodness, what are they doing to Kato? Because this is what they do to him. And, yeah. you know, maybe this is all part of Okada's plan to try and get him to jump ship because uh, I'm sure if uh, New Japan had a talent like Kato oh, at yeah. their disposal, things might be a bit different. But now, now would you, you go. Go, would you love that? I would love that. 
I would, I would oh, yeah. eat that up. Oh, yeah. Yes. He is exactly the, the sort of person that New Japan are missing. I've said that for years. Yeah. You're right. I would, I would, I would scoop that up in a fucking heartbeat. And, and I, I, again, that, that that's what lends me, like, like if you're him, would you, I don't know. I mean, who knows what happened backstage, but wouldn't you put up a little bit of a fucking argument on that one? I'm doing what and how long and how's this finish going? Like, there's got it. What's in it for me? <laughs> you know, not for nothing. Uh, which again has he was probably me. just relieved that he was dropping to someone who has all their own teeth. Oh. <laughs> so terrible. Well, look. Uh, hopefully, better days are ahead for for everyone involved. <laughs> to be honest with you, because say for Kato, he's um, feuding with Jake Lee next, so <laughs> it's <laughs> no, not so good. Oof. All right. Well, again, but I love the match. I thought the match was fantastic, and a 16 minute match. The boot, perfect. Yes, more of that, please, Okada, please. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's talk about the main, well, I say the main event. It wasn't. Uh, Tetsuya Naito defeated Keiji Muto in 28 minutes, 58 seconds. Um, I don't have a lot of time for this Muto retirement run. The man, as we know, it's no secret, he's an absolute grifter. He's the Japanese Hogan. He has absolutely milked this to the point at which I was just hoping he'd get on with it and, and hang up his boots so we could stop talking about him. And I came into this show and this match with that attitude, knowing he's physically shot, and it'd have to be the mother of all carry jobs from Naito to get something watchable out of Muto. If you didn't know either of these wrestlers and had the sound turned off, let's be honest, in that vacuum, the in-ring work, it's crap. But Damon, I can't lie, they got me. Yeah. The pretty much package, the pageantry, yeah. the medley of his themes. Shout out Music of the Mat for a great episode on that. They used all the pro wrestling smoke and mirrors. They fucking got me. They reeled me in. This was uh, an old Carney experiencing uh, coming to terms with his last moment in the spotlight. And I don't know, there was something compelling about that, even down to the little moments like Muto getting startled by his own pyro when he's walking down the ramp. <laughs> Did you see that? That was funny. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this, this is an old man who's you know going to wake up the next day and remember that he's not a pro wrestler anymore and, and have a lot of conflicting emotions about that. And, and you could see those emotions written all over his perfectly spherical bald shiny head throughout the match like those moments where he's going up for the moonsault and realizing oh jesus christ i can't do this anymore i thought his emoting was fantastic then and and made those moments very uh poetic very dramatic and look your mileage may vary a lot of people will hate this match and i totally get it but the, the story the emotion that red hot crowd they all made it work for me and i'm reminded i can't someone was talking about it recently the cody rhodes he said the greatest pro wrestling match was Hogan versus Rock at WrestleMania 18. And I understand what he means now because this is the, the essence of the sport, is it not? Like yes. when you strip away all the, the athleticism and the flips and the head drops, the forearms, finisher reversals, then we see the heart of pro wrestling. And here were two guys who just get it. I thought it was a tremendous performance from Naito. He was a great foil for Muto. He leaned into his ingobernable persona to give the crowd what they wanted and they both have the crowd in the palms of their hands with you know a, a fundamentally basic match yeah but it's just that moment where he's got Naito in the figure four and they're screaming at each other that was a very memorable visual and all those conflicting emotions on the face of Naito as well after he pins Muto and he realizes the gravity of what he's just done he's just retired his hero 
in in a, a beautifully understated moment rather than usual. I'm sorry, I love you, mawkishness. Like you could see Naito visibly trying to his best to stoically hold it together and not let the emotions overwhelm it. And, and then Muto is just turning around like, get the fuck out of the ring, kid. This is my <laughs> moment. <laughs> <It's> like, <"Piss> <laughs> <off."> <laughs> and look, I, I know people might be uh, annoyed at him pulling one last Muto stunt and doing the impromptu Chono match to eclipse whatever shine Naito might have got. But look, Muto's been him. trying to get Chono in the ring since Wrestle Kingdom. He, right. he did it back then. Uh, uh, Naito doesn't need it. He doesn't need that rub. Right. And Muto with Chono is a much more fitting and, and powerful end to his career. And I think it was the right move. And of course, Chono, he never had a proper retirement match either. And it sent the crowd home with a big smile on their faces. And I don't think Destino, one, two, three, bye-bye everyone. That that wouldn't have hit the same. And I think you've got to have a pretty hard and heart not to feel something at the tributes to Misawa and Hashimoto, who are, of course, Muto and Chono's peers, tragically lost their lives. They weren't able to have their own retirements either. And being reminded of them made me uh, appreciate that for, you know, as much of a worker Muto, where's all the carny shit he's done over the years. It's, it's nice to see a wrestler going out on his own terms. And hopefully he sticks to it because this is a, a privilege that very few wrestlers get. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, and I and I think that's you know, if if you're a betting man, you're probably going against these you know going against him staying retired. But nonetheless, uh, a couple points. One, you know, he, he, there's something to be said about uh, his beginnings in the '80s with Anoki and and then with Maeda and with uh, Nobuhiko Takada and. Um, like he was this fucking red hot young prospect that people just gravitated to. Um, and you know, for a lot of people that got into Japanese pro wrestling, he was the catalyst. He was, um, the guy because truth be told, the, the gimmick was great. It was so fucking cool. And he, he nailed it with it. Like he, like, it's kind of like great Okan that I talk about. Like it has a, a, a very thin line between hokey and great. And he walked that line perfectly. And he made a career out of what you talked about for the past, what, 15 years, maybe, <laughs> you know, doing just what you described because physically he just couldn't do what he, what he used to do. Um, yeah, that, that Wrestle Kingdom 3 match with Tanahashi that I discussed with Chris John on his Eggshells podcast, he looked like he was on his last legs then. Right. <laughs> right. That was in 2009. <laughs> right. You're exactly right. Um, yes, they did. I mean, they spent a lot of time on that fucking mat. Let's put it that way. They spent a ton of time on the mat. But when they had to go, you know, he gave everything he could. Yeah, I mean, the, the dude could barely walk down the fucking ramp. Let's, let's be truthful. Um, but you know he he is a legend and he is and he look he was one of the best fucking 
pro like 1989 him in, in WCW was magic and then him coming back to New Japan and then having those matches you know, those opening matches with like Steamboat and um even feuds with like Inoki and and uh Hase and uh like he, there's so much cool shit a lot of his stuff was smoke and mirrors, no doubt. Great entrances, memorable pro wrestling moments. But, like, he tapped into that. Like, he tapped into magical wrestling moments. I mean, him against uh, Nobuhiko Takata, you know, when it was uh, UWF. It was, I don't know, maybe it was UWFI or the third you know, third version of UWF. Um, that sold out the dome and like that, that was, that was unbelievably great. Fantastic. Great. Um, but again, he's, it's, it's, it's a perfect example of a guy who probably outlasted his, his abilities, um, by doing that, by having those magical moments and, and even like working in a hustle, you know, and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. He he did what he had to do. Let's put it that way. He did what he had to do. Um, I I thought that match was great for everything other than the action in the ring, and the action in the ring was fine. It wasn't great. It was fine. Uh, but yeah, everything else was just fantastic. Masahiro Chono getting in the ring and and Amuda cha- tapping out to fucking an STF. I mean that's that's taking people back to you know early nineties, mid nineties. That's and you're right, the Hashimoto th- angle and the uh Misawa angle who, you know, two people who unfortunately did not have the opportunity to have their that that final match and that final run and to kinda I don't want to say put a put a ribbon on that era. Um but but may, maybe, maybe. Um, maybe it, it gave a lot of people, not only him, but a lot of people somewhat peace, peace of mind. I mean, you look at that VIP row, there's Tatsumi Fujinami, there's Ricky Choshu, there's, uh, Liger's there, Hiroshi Tanahashi's there, uh, obviously Masahiro Chono. Like it was, it, it did scratch that nostalgia itch that, you know, I hate to say it, but that, Truly does work when you get somebody who is worthy of the nostalgia. Absolutely. It's funny. I was, I was discussing this with Manabu. He says that the Muto Chono spot and the image is getting a lot of buzz. And maybe as a result, uh, future New Japan shows are selling well, people dipping back in. So promotionally, this was a great show for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it wasn't even a New Japan show. This was a Pro Wrestling Moet show. And it was a big New Japan celebration, New Japan reunion. Yeah, it really was. It was, uh, that, that is, that is accurate. Uh, you know what? You know, I, I never, or I haven't necessarily made that correlation. Yeah, it is pretty amazing that how unbelievable of a celebration it was for New Japan Pro Wrestling at a Pro Wrestling Noah big show. It really, it really was. Oh my God. Oh, imagine if you're a, a fan, like if you have like a, 
like an active dislike of New Japan pro wrestling, and and you're 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 a pro wrestling Noah person, you bleed green, you bleed green, <laughs> and then you watch that show. You got to be ready to jump out a fucking window. Oh, jump out a fucking window. You kidding me? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that. All right. Let me ask you this. It, would that go down as maybe one of the wackiest big shows ever? Like if we go back, uh, if we fast forward maybe five, ten years and we we learn about the 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 how did this come about? I bet you there's some fucking good stories in there. <laughs> I really do. There's got to be some kind of, there's got to be somebody with like gambling debts that needed the money so bad. <laughs> They're like, I fucking, everybody jobs. <laughs> I got, I got the bookies on my back. I got the Yakuza on my back. Oh, fucking A. Good shit. What's funny about this is that um, there's no, I've not seen many articles or discussions with people sort of reminiscing about, the career of Keiji Buto and you know what are his best matches and his legacy and all that. People just because it's been drawn out so long, I think people just want a bit of a break from it. But we have got questions for Multiverse says, What are the most important Keiji Muto moments in New Japan? What are your favorite moments from his career? And Mark says, What's Damon's favorite Muto match or moment in New Japan? And can we get Chono for the G1? <laughs> Mr. G1. Um that that dome show with uh you know kind of culminating the uh, UWF and New Japan feud with Takata, I think was, you know, at the time it was the biggest gate in pro wrestling. Um, it was, it was awesome. And, and, and pro wrestling winning, you know? Um, yeah, that, that, that is one of those great moments. Um, like you think about his career, like he's, him starting as like that young lion and 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 getting getting more and more opportunity. Uh, his feud he had they had a, a, a pretty great feud uh, for tag titles, if I'm not mistaken. Um, who was it? Nakoshinaka, was it? Yeah, maybe it was. Uh, obviously, the, the 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 him debuting the Muda gimmick. And back in New Japan was pretty huge. Like it just got over. Like I just remember, uh, I think it was against Steamboat, his first match. Uh, it was on a show where I think uh, it was an Anoki and like Luthea's, I want to say. I could be wrong. Um, like in like this exhibition match. Um, and I just remember all these like, like Muda comes down and he, and he, I guess he's suspended from the ceiling and he comes down on one of those cables and there's like, all these ninjas, like people playing ninjas, <laughs> jumping around in the ring. I just remember that. It just looked very awkward and very, um, uh, <laughs> just too much going on, right? I remember him wrestling on a show in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh, they, they, some guy, I don't know, you know, I don't even know what the, ba- the backstory was, but, they ran a show at the minor league baseball stadium and uh, he, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you who the fuck he wrestled, but he was there and I was like, I got to go to this fucking show. And I'm like, when am I going to see this again? And that was Joel, if I say 20 years ago, <laughs> that was amazing. And then I remember him, like I was sitting at a wrestle one show in, 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 in Cork and all. <laughs> uh, 
you know, he comes out and he can barely walk. And I did, and our friend Fumi took a picture and it's just me with a beer, like looking at Muda. <laughs> I don't know. It's fun. So there you go. There's some of my Muda moments. Uh, David says his Naito being booked in a domain event, they're not ending up in the final match of the night. A perfect summary of his career. Mm. I mean, I'm sure Naito doesn't care. He didn't need that. And I think he was probably just happy to be in, in there for the match. I don't think he's going to be like, oh, how could he do this to me? He won't give a shit. Would he? Yeah. He probably got a nice payday. Um, he got to wrestle a guy who he looked up to and who meant a lot to him to, to have him be, and I'll put in air quotes, the last match. Yeah. He, he, Trust me, he's 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 fine. <laughs> he's he's doing all right. And of course, the the big news: Kikuchi's back. Yeah, yeah, I tell you, our boy it didn't take long, did it? No, it didn't. <laughs> once once one person left, that was it. Come on back. We kept your seat warm. Um, yeah, maybe maybe we'll get some creativity back in the fucking joint. <laughs> um. Yeah, he is the he. I swear to God that that I'm wait. Where's Rob Feinstein when you need him? We need a fucking shoot interview with Kikuchi. That's what we fucking need. That guy, he's got. He, I mean, yeah, can you think of him? Yeah, can you think of a more fucking legendary dude that no one really knows? <laughs> I I can't. I can't. It's uh pretty amazing. But yeah, there you go. It's amazing what happens when uh when uh. When, when, when what? When what, Joel? What am I trying to say? <laughs> I don't know. Let's move on. Uh, let's yeah. do Fantastic Mania. Now. Oh, God. Um, if you're listening to this, you probably have not watched it. That, that's what I'm here for, listeners. It's not, the strong log is gone, but you can have the fantastic monologue. No. <laughs> uh, Lucha, blog, Lucha Blog says, not a question, but I feel like I had a better understanding of this podcast after three days of back scratch spots. Um, yeah, actually, I mean, this show, this, this tour has been okay to good but today's show there was some really great stuff and i'll get on to it i mean just just little fun tidbits everyone's having a laugh at fantastic mania taguchi's doing an egyptian stereotype luchador gimmick where naito's stolen his mask and now taguchi wants a, a mask versus hair match at the next cmlo anniversary show and there's some quite funny promos where uh, taguchi's been trying to figure out how important his mask is uh, so they're worth checking out for sure uh, we've got Tiger Mask versus Hijo del Villano 3, the third, uh, uh, Coraquin. So the latter's trying to take the mask off the former. So we've got all these little sort of narrative threads going into the two, uh, the, the double header of Coraquin this week. Um, I was shocked to find out there's actually no Rocky Romero on this tour. So I've been putting over this incredible match and feud that he's got with Vulnerable Jr. <laughs> Rocky's not even here for Fantastic Amiga, which seems like a bit of an own goal to me, but there you go. Um, so. Yeah, so some fun stuff that I would I would recommend checking out. So we had the show on the let me get the results up. The um twenty third, the Kyoto KBS Hall. You know, with the beautiful stained glass windows. So I enjoyed watching that actually just to see a, a, a New Japan show in such a an, an amazing, stunning venue. So the big match here that I, I enjoyed the most was the uh, Relevos Incredible. So that's because one or both teams has an old bat now. So that's like a Technico with two Rudos or two Rudos with Technico. Uh, so this match had uh, Tanahashi and El Desperado on the same team. So Despi was a fellow Technico. He was a, a, you know, a baby face here. Mm -hmm. So and I know he's been trending that way for years, but it was just funny for them to actually, you know, label that and actually outright declare that. There's, you know, funny backstage comments there where, um, 
Tanahashi is trying to explain to Ultimo Guerrero that, oh, Despi used to be a bad guy, but he's good now. He's clean now. And Despi's like, yeah, yeah I saw the error of my ways. And <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a good person. I was yeah. like, that was really funny. Uh, um, there was a, a quite a fun team with Show, Magia Blanca and Hechihero. Um, Show's team shows some surprisingly creative team moves considering it has big random select energy. And it's quite refreshing to see Show teaming with guys who aren't Yudro and Dick Togo. <laughs> Sometimes we forget that he can actually do other stuff. Um, I've enjoyed Hechihero on this story. He's very, very good. Absolute unit. Let's, let's get him in the G1. That'll be fun. And then we've had this, uh, tag tournament going. So this is a bit of a strange one because We've got uh, Los Guerrero Laguneros. So that's a Rudo unit that has Ultimo Guerrero Templario. Previously had Atlantis Jr., who in CMLO programming got booted or quit that faction and is now a Technico. But on this fantastic event, they completely no-sold that and he's still teaming up with them. There was like no reference whatsoever to the fact that in their, the CMLL kayfabe, he's already quit and it's, you know, you know, doesn't like these guys anymore. It would be like the equivalent of having Tamatonga teaming with like, I don't know, Kentra and El Fantasma and just saying like nothing about it, just pretending that they're buddies again. Right. They did like, the, the TV the taping. They did the TV taping eight months ago. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have no idea why I've asked around, like no one can give me a straight answer on this. I don't know. Maybe because I don't know the, the stuff they put in YouTube power world hasn't caught up to it yet or they just they they booked it and then can't be bothered to come up with something different but it was it was quite funny anyway um so yeah that was that uh so they've been running this tag tournament where we've had the four teams um it's quite good i mean i would recommend if you've got time on your hands checking that out so um we had the finals of it today with uh, Atlantis Jr. and Ultimo Guerrero uh, defeating Bushi and Titan in the final. And that, that was a pretty good match. Um, the, actually, the, the standout match on the 24th, if you're going to watch one match from that show, which was in uh, Osaka, good crowd for this one, was uh, the fourth match where we had Despi, Soberano Jr. and Mystico against Doki, Kanemaru and Hechihero. So that was quite fun actually seeing Despi on the opposite side to Kanemaru and Doki. I mean, of course, they've wrestled each other in Best of the Super Juniors, but you know, these matches, they've just got like the same energy as those fun New Japan strong multi-man tags. Um, I'm quite sort of intrigued watching the, the team of Rey, Cometa and Dolce Gardenia. So they are known as Los Atrapa Sueños. So, of course, um, Dolce Gardenia, I don't know if you're familiar with him, Devin. He's an exotico. So he's like yes. trying to kiss his opponents and like putting them off. And I was sort of watching that, asking in the Discord, like, is this, is this okay to be, right. you know, finding enjoyment out of this? You know, there, there's been other people who've done more extensive stuff about the exotico trope. But the, the feedback I got was like, these are more queer icons rather than being, you know, like problematic stereotypes okay. um i think it was gig in the discord said bugs bunny in a dress <laughs> like the the the, the, the you, you got to approach it through the lens of like they are exploiting the rudo's own toxic masculinity gotcha. and using it against them okay. and they're, they're usually technical so everyone's cheering for them anyway so i really enjoyed him back in uh fantastic mania 2020 uh, his interactions with Shingo, because someone like Shingo is like the perfect foil for him. Like, right. You know, big, angry, dumb jock energy. So, yeah, I, I do like Dolce Gardenia. Um, and I understand that there's, you know, the complexities around the Exotico, but yeah, he's really good. He's very entertaining. And yeah, then, uh, the, 
the, there was also the other semi-final match, Los Guerreros Laguneros versus Los Depredadores. That was a really good match. Just, just really high quality tag team wrestling. And it's just fun watching guys that wouldn't normally get a chance to watch uh, doing it. I don't know, but you know, because this is their first time doing Fantastic and Mania for a few years that they're sort of more energized and, you know, excited and going all out to put on a great show in front of the Japanese fans. They haven't had a chance to do it for a while. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really good stuff, but, but the, Standout match was from today's show, the Sunday, February 26th show in Chiba, was the fourth match on the card, which was Doki, Templario, and Hechero defeating El Desperado, Soberano Jr., and Mystico. Like, honest to God, Damon, this is a match of the year candidate. I fucking love this one. It was just everything that is good about Fantastic Mania. And it's just really great having guys like, you know, Doki and Despi who have worked in Mexico before and know what it's all about and are not just you know, phoning in a uh, uh, fantastic mania. They, they know what it means and they know what it means for the Mexican wrestlers being there as well. And just this nice little narrative thread running through these shows where Doki, uh, Soberano has been getting the best of him and doki has been losing these matches, but now finally he sort of learned from his previous mistakes and managed to, to beat Soberano. Soberano has been fantastic on this tour. Like I really hope he, we, we haven't seen too much of him in New Japan. I know he did the, Super Junior Tag League a few years ago and was kind of underwhelming, but he's been outstanding. He he was the real star of this match. So I really hope that he gets a shot at, at best of Super Juniors this year. It's not something I'm going to be holding my breath for, but I came away from this thinking, wow, this guy is really fucking good. Mm. Um, apparently, uh, Doki can't get a shot. I think he's got some sort of national title. Apparently, only Mexican people can compete <laughs> for it. So I don't know if Doki is aware of that, but definitely go out of your way to to see that match. So... Uh, ben says, if you've been watching Fantastic Mania, which Luchador not named T-Time, would you like to see him best of the Super Juniors or have occasionally come over for a tour? So there you go. From the junior side, Soberano Junior, and from the, the heavyweight side, Hechihero. So, um, yeah, if you're going to watch one match, do check out that six-man match that I just talked about because it was really, really good. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Here's a problem that I have, though. Um, sorry to bring – just go right into a problem, but I wish it was – at a different time during the, the calendar year, I think I would probably get into it more if it were just a, a different time of the year. I feel like we're in February and we're kind of gearing up for New Japan Cup and we're kind of um, trying to digest the outcomes of Wrestle Kingdom and, and all of that. Yeah, it's a squeeze in between the Muto retirement and right. then we've got this all-star junior festival. It's really been crammed in there and it's an afterthought. And it's a shame because there's just such great energy on this tour. I'm really looking forward to the two Korakuin shows. Like they have they definitely got their the best is yet to come as far as Fantastic Amina. So I would I would really say like definitely check out these Korakuin shows because I think they will surprise a lot of people. I know Fantastic Amina has been a hand wave, but for all the factors I've mentioned, you know, guys on the New Japan side who really care about it and the, the CMLL stars just, I think, really showing their appreciation for being there. I think the, the, the doubleheader at Korakuin, there's some really good singles matches on there. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the Korakuin shows. I mean, those, those I think are must watch shows if you're a fan. Um, yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. All right. Listen, I, 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 I hate to be the, the wet blanket when it comes to Fantastic Mania, but, um, yeah, the Corkin shows would be well worth it. And I definitely will check out that. But uh, it was on today, I think it was. Was it? So, uh, yeah, I 
woke up a couple hours ago. I didn't see anything. <laughs> Sorry. Well, no, that's your homework, Devin. Go and watch that six-man tag, and you won't be disappointed. I promise you. All and right. we, we can talk about it next week. All right. I, I, that's a deal. That's a deal. Okay, uh, let's touch on the All-Star Junior Festival. So that will be coming up. Yeah, so we've got a busy week. So Monday and Tuesday are the uh, Fantastic Mania Coracle Halls. And then Wednesday, also at Coracle Hall, we have the All-Star Junior Festival. So the match order is still to be determined. That will be determined on the nights by the entrance music. So I'm just going by what has been listed here on the, the Japanese site. So this is not the official match order, but I'm just, you know, I've, I've got to approach it somehow. So um, thank you very much to our Discord. Um, Andrew's given me a lot of tremendous information on this. Mitch, Gig, uh, TJ as well. This One of the wonderful things about having this community of freaks is that there's there's an expert for every promotion like all of these guys a lot of guys i've never heard of on this cards someone can sort of give me the explain like i'm five and say yeah this guy works for this promotion this is what his gimmick is this is the title he's holding this is the significance blah 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 so thank you very much to the, the guys who helped me out with this information so i will pass on that wisdom to you dear listener and i will go in reverse order so this is just the eighth match listed. I don't know if it's going to be the main event. I, I suspect it might be because this is the one where there's the most star power. So this is a six-man tag match with uh, Hiromu Takahashi, Amakusa, we've talked about before, and Fujita Junior Hayato versus Yamato Hayata and Kazuki Hashimoto. So, yeah, of course, we talked about Hiromu and Amakusa and their history. Uh, Fujita Junior Hayato is the Tohoku Junior Heavyweight Champion in Michinoku Pro. He's very, very good, apparently. Uh, does lots of kicks it's his gimmick he had a brain tumor he was out of wrestling for a while but came back last year won the title from musashi in an emotional match challenged hiromu and keno after the match uh, he also competed in best of the super juniors back in 2010 and 2011 uh, yamato he was in the best of the super juniors in 2009 he was a semi-finalist in the super j cup in also in 2009 uh, on the other side of that match hayata is noah's junior guy probably in there to pair off with Amakusa and set something up with him. So he comes from the sleazy indies originally. Apparently women love him. He was the ace of the Noah Juniors till he was murdered by Ninja Mac at Ariaki Arena. Uh, so he's just come back from injury. Uh, so yeah, Yamato, he's from Dragon Gate. He's been around for a very, very long time. He's been bitching about the show since when we first suggested it. Currently on Twitter complaining that all the money will go to New Japan, complaining that New Japan fans only care about NJPW and not pro wrestling, threatening to boycott the show. Uh, so probably there to face off with Hiromu, but he's not wrong about any of that, you know, as we've discussed, and the, you know, the strong army tactics in New Japan. And Kazuki Hashimoto is from Big Japan's uh, pretty thin junior division, also the Tohoku tag champion in uh, M-Pro, so he could be there to face off with Hayato. Uh, so the seventh match on this list, so this is uh, the Fukumen eight-man tag match. So Mystico, Gurukun Mask, Billy Ken Kid, and Alejandro versus Dragon Kid, Bushi, Black, Menso, Re, I'm sorry, I don't know how I'm supposed to say that, and Atlantis <laughs> Junior, who I've talked about a bit already. So basically, this the, the gimmick of this match is this is all the people wearing masks. So Mystico, I mean, we know about Mystico. This is the original Sin Cara again. The guy who replaced him is in ROH slash Noah as uh, Dralistico now. So don't get confused between them. Uh, Gurukan Mask is from Ryukyu Pro. Basically runs pro wrestling in Okinawa. And everyone who promotes their has him help advertise the show. So he'd always get on New Japan cards when they ran Okinawa. Uh, he was in the 2016 J-Cup. Uh, good friends with uh, Liger, apparently. Uh, Billy Ken Kid is on a soccer pro veteran, so his gimmick is based on uh, Billy Ken, a good-look figure you can see all around Osaka. 
but it was actually created in Kansas. Um, Black Menso Re, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to say that. Uh, he's a comedy gimmick in all Japan, a, a Cobra gimmick. He says Sha a lot, apparently. Uh, Atlantis Jr., I've talked about him uh, for Fantastic Mania. Dragon Kid, he's a Dragon Gate veteran, the protege of uh, Ultimo Dragon. Alejandro, we have discussed him before with the Noah shows. He's a mid-level junior in Noah, originated in Keiji Muto's Wrestle 1. So he was Aleha in the Congo versus LIJ match last year, but it's now rebranded as Alejandro. Right, uh, sixth match listed is Hikari Sato, Ryusuke Taguchi, and Yumihito Imanari versus the Great Sasuke, Tiger's Mask, and Baten Blah Blah. <laughs> so apparently this is the pervert match. Sato is a pervert. He often wears virgin killer sweaters to his matches, dresses in maid outfits. Yumihito Imanari helps run uh, Gampro and does DDT production. He has a pervert gimmick in DDT. And uh, Taguchi, he's a pervert as well. So there's a pervert team. Uh, Great Sasuke, I mean, of course, we all know about Great Sasuke. He's probably going to do a a crazy bump for absolutely no reason in the match. (laughs) Uh, Andrew says, I once saw him take a bump to the Korokan floor in a Diana comedy match. So he's definitely going to do something crazy here. Uh, Tiger's Mask is an Osaka Pro wrestler based on the Hanshin Tigers. Baton X Burabura is from Kyushu Pro and was a kind of comedy wrestling there. Um, so it's a comedy pervert match, and Sasuke is going to do something nuts. All right. There we have a three-way tag match. So Volador Jr. and El Desperado versus Yuki Ueno and El Lindemann versus Doki and Hanaoka. Hanaoka? God bless you. A little breath there. So <laughs> uh, the only connection between these teams um, is apparently uh, Doki and Hanaoka being long-term tag partners in uh, Japoneses del Mal from uh, Mexico. Hanaoka wrestles in Secret Base, which is a very, very underground indie. Yuki Ueno, uh, <laughs> again, according to the notes I've been given, is, I quote, boring as hell. DDT are trying to position him as a top guy, but he has no personality whatsoever. Uh, not my opinion. This is just what's been given to me. Notes. So be interesting he's, to notes, see. Right, right. Uh, he's like, uh, he's one-fifth of the KOD t- 10-man tag champ. Uh, today I learned that is a thing. Uh, we'll also have a five-way match with Shun Skywalker versus Ninja Mac versus Yohei versus Taiji Shimori versus Soberano Jr. That one I think is going to be really good. So this is like their version of a big scramble match that uh, you know all the US Indies love. So Ninja Mac, he's the main foreign star of the Noah Juniors. He had a short reign with the GHC Junior belt after beating Hayata uh, after on a botched spot, as I mentioned earlier. Shun Skywalker, he's the top heel in Dragon Gate after he got uh, a gimmick where he was all paranoid that a lot of people seem to love. Um, he was a faction called Masquerade, and that caused the Masquerade faction to disintegrate. Yohei, uh, mid-level junior, he's a Noah equivalent in the Noah equivalent of Hontai with Alejandro. We've seen him uh, wrestling on these uh, Noah New Japan shows. Former member of pretty much every faction except Conga at this point. So he's been in Rattel's, PDM, Full Throttle, Stinger, Main Army. So a, a journeyman of many factions there. And we also have a singles match. We've got Master Wato versus Atsuki Aoyagi. Now, in the English website, they said this is the main event. I would be very, very surprised if it is. Just, you know, based on all the, the bigger names that I've mentioned so far on this card, if that, if Wato versus Aoyagi turns out to be the main event, that would be very, very strange. Mm. But, um, at any rate, Aoyagi, he's one of the most popular wrestlers in all Japan. He's the brother of Yuma Aoyagi, who had an infamous match with Taichi in the last Super J Cup. Uh, he recently lost all Japan's junior title to Naruki Doi. And we'll have Isami Kodaka and Mao versus Onryo and Sho. So uh, Isami Kodaka, he runs Basara. He's a deathmatch wrestler. You may remember Damon back in 2018, there was that incredible deathmatch between Isami Kodaka and Masashi Takeda. Yes. So this is the same, right? 
Uh, so Mao is uh, another DDT wrestler who gets compared to Kota Ibushi a lot, but more the, the insane shit that Ibushi does. He does hardcore matches with stuff like plastic boxes and concrete blocks. Uh, Mao and Yuki Ueno are both in the 37 Kamina in DDT. Mao's one half for the current KOD tag champions. Onryo has been around since 1995, based on a Japanese vengeful spirit. He was in the 2000 Super J Cup. He throws powder around in his matches and can turn invisible. So probably a lot of shenanigans in that match. And we have Keep It Up, Shinjiro Otani, 10-man tag match. So Tatsuhita Takaiwa, Takamichinoku, Minoru Tanaka, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and Jun Kasai versus Musashi, Leona, Kota Sekifuda, Shoki Kitamura, and Chicharito Shoki. So Takai was the only freelancer on the cards, but he was formerly on the Zero One roster, so it makes sense for him to be there for the Otani match. Uh, Damon, apparently, you you can cover him. You, you can talk about this guy. Uh, Leona is the fail son of Tatsumi Fujinami. Oh. He had a pretty good match with Hiromu on the Tradition Show with Tanahashi Fujinami match last year. I've seen him Hiromu before. He's terrible. On this show. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> he is terrible. Okay, good. Uh, Chicharito Shoki is from 2AW, uh, debuted in 2020, so after Taka left, so there's probably no bad blood there, like there might be with other members of the 2AW roster. Shoki Kitamura is from Zero One, so the connection to Otani is there. He's really good, but fairly certain they're moving him up to heavyweight. Sekifura is the Big Japan Junior Champion. His gimmick is that he brings a stuffed reptile toy to the ring. So there you go. Thank you so much to everyone on the Discord, particularly Andrew, for giving me those great notes, which is definitely, like, without that, it would have just been a load of random names meaning nothing to me. So hopefully, listener, there's a bit of context for you and some stuff you can sort of sink your teeth into there on, you know, what should be a, a pretty fun show. I mean, when they announced it and it, they said it was going to be a Korakun Hall, I wasn't expecting any huge dream matches. So I know some people were disappointed by the card and the amount of multi-mans, but, you know, what did you expect? It's Korakun Hall. I mean, I'm hoping this is a distant hope but that you know if this is popular then they could use that as a jumping off point to do a, a huge interpromotional super j cup later in the year like if they could get all these guys in an actual tournament that would be tremendous but of course you know there's a lot of politics involved in that so it's not something i'll be holding my breath for but you know if this is a success who knows that could be something they look for in the future but you know, the very worst, you're going to have um, a, a fun Korakuen Hall show with lots of guys you haven't seen before and a little bit of everything. You know, we've got some tag match, we've got some gimmicky stuff, we've got the, you know, that the um, the five-way match looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So I suppose the big question uh, asked by Multiverse Ace is, will you guys be paying to see the Junior Festival or wait for it to come uh, on VOD? Is it a, is it another, another pay-per-view? Yes. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm telling you, they like doing this. Anytime we get the, anytime we get anybody else on in a, in a working agreement, we get a lot of this. I don't like it. Um, I gotta be honest with you. The positive of this is you're going to see probably some crazy junior action. Right, everybody's going to have their working boots on. Everybody's going to. You know, go all out. I would hope. Uh, um, the bad news is, is that I'm going to be honest with you. I don't give a flying fuck about half of these people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was going to say, like, do you think this is like an indictment upon, as I mentioned before, the state of junior heavyweight wrestling in Japan as a whole? That 
you know, this is for you as a, and, and me as a neutral, it's pretty underwhelming. There's no huge stars here where you're like, oh, you know, I've been licking my chops, waiting years for this guy from this promotion to lock horns with this guy from New Japan because there's just there's a real lack of stars there, isn't there? Yeah, this is. <laughs> there's a show on Samurai TV, uh, and I think it's called Indies I N D Z, and it's a, a young lady who you you see a lot. Um, at shows and she works for samurai tv she hosts it and it's a fucking hand puppet <laughs> that she talks to it is a blue i don't even know what it is but it has like uh, like a it wears glasses and it has like little buck teeth uh yeah and they have a show that highlights a lot of these different promotions your 666s your freedoms uh you name it your your uh, lower tiered pro wrestling. Uh, I don't particularly watch it because <laughs> it's just like, what am I watching? Look, uh, again, they will have their working boots on. Am I, how much, how much are these bloodthirsty ghouls charging for this show? Joel, do you have any idea? Uh, no, I can open up New Japan World and find out. All right. I would I love to because. Uh, I'm sorry. I will be, uh, video on demand. There is, I can't imagine me paying more. 27 US No dollars. fucking way. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, we can't do the usual fight TV trick of ordering it and then complaining. I can't refund. That does seem to work every fucking time. Did, did, am I wrong? Did somebody make a, canvas print of the technical difficulties. Yes. yes. They did the blurred screen. It's incredible. What a legend. Whoever that person is, I swear to God, I'll buy you a beer because that is fantastic. Um, Joel, I'm going to be very truthful. Uh, there's, I'm, I appreciate all the notes that are discord provided. That is a wonderful job by them. Um, what a, oh, no, <laughs> I'm just not. Master Watto's in the main event. Taguchi's on this show. Uh, and again, a lot of people who are going to be working their fucking tails off, and I'm sure it'll be dive heavy. I got, I got, I, f- I feel like I got better things to do with my life than that. Sorry. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, that's a. Uh- Pop onto the New Japan Cup then and do a quick pick em for that. So we decided to do it this week because if we do it next week, then we'll have a shelf life of about an hour. So right. um, first of all, there's a few questions on this. So um, Velki says, is Hikuleo not in the New Japan Cup a big mistake or rather what the fuck are they doing with him? That is a shock. I could not believe I thought, you know, with him getting that big win over Jay White, that'd be running deep in this tournament. He's not even in it. Right. What? Why? What are they doing? I know. I don't understand that. Like, who's name? Give me one guy that's come out of uh, post Wrestle Kingdom with a bigger, you know, focus and a bigger, I don't want to say push, but, you know, I, mean, that's a, I think it's a big spot, right? I think it's a big spot. How do you, how do you not have him in it? I, just, I, I don't know. Maybe he's got, some, yeah. maybe he's got some, something personal he's got to do. You know, that's, the, uh, that's really about the only thing I can think of that would be a, re- maybe he's got like, I don't know. Maybe he's got a wife or a girlfriend or expecting a child or I don't, who knows? But I just, I, yeah, to me, that is just 
head scratchy for sure. Another question, uh, Andrew says to piggyback off that, it would be pretty easy to add eight extra guys. For example, so these are guys who are not in it. Uh, Alex Coglin, Gabe Kidd, Hikaleo, Tom Lawler, uh, Shane Hayes, Mikey Nichols, Honma, Badu Tito, for example, and give some of those fresh faces a chance to shine. Is this the first time New Japan have too few guys in the tournament rather than too many? And Mark says was DJ Carl. Uh, so this is the art- artist who is now known in NXT as uh, Eddie Thorpe. We once knew him as Carl Fredericks. Was he right to complain about the G1 last year, seeing there's no LA Dojo boys in the New Japan Cup? And again, that's a real head scratch for me. Really disappointed not to see at least uh, Coglin and kids in these brackets. And I don't know what, what's up. I mean, yes, I, I'm starting to see Carl Fredericks's point there, like the, the glacial speed at which we're starting to use these guys. And, um, you know, maybe this is just New Japan in money-saving mode where they're thinking, well, you know, we've got all these other guys under contract who are going to be in Japan or it's cheaper or whatever. Let's use them. But it's, I'm just, yeah, disappointed not to see p- particularly Coglin and kids in these brackets. There's a lot of people. And again, they all seem to fall and have that common denominator. I, I get, maybe it's costs. Maybe it's, I don't know. I just feel like. Yeah, I mean, we did hear those uh, rumors, those whispers of uh, the Japan talent having to take pay cuts. So that could be one element to it. Yeah, possibly. Um, look, I don't know. But but I will say this. When is it, what is it going to take? Like what? Like what has to happen for a lot of these guys to finally get over there and 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 I want to say be a part of New Japan Pro Wrestling because it feels like it's it's, it's never going to happen. Yeah, and strong as we know it is dead or, or changed at least. Like were these guys just sitting around with their thumbs up their ass waiting for the next you know big pay per view fight TV fucking clusterfuck dumpster fire to, right. <laughs> till we get to see them again. I know it's 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 maybe look maybe Carl did have a fucking point. I mean he has a point. It doesn't maybe he has a point just on the surface of it. Like what what is it going to take? What is it going what is it going to take? Now again, is it a problem with work visas? Is it a problem with you know I, I, again, it's it, doors are open, but you know, <laughs> you know, I don't know if they're fully open. Let's put it that way. So I, I, I don't know. I don't. I can't answer that question. But uh, what what is it going to take? Uh, I'm with you. All right. Well, let's uh, do our brackets. Then you got the brackets. I in got front them. Of you? I got them. Yes. Yes. Right. Let's try and do this quickly. Yes. We're going to do full previews next week. So this is just sort of quick fire thoughts as you're going to win each round. So I'm uh, starting off uh, March 5th with Sonata versus Tai Chi. Sonata uh, has been doing this losing gimmick thing. Yeah. So I am picking Tai Chi there. And of course, having said that, Sonata is going to win the whole fucking New Japan Cup. So uh, do not count that out. But uh, yeah, my pick here is Tai Chi. I want to say Tai Chi, but I think I, I, I think it's pretty wild that we're getting rid of uh, a pretty two, pretty one of two I guess middle to upper card guys. Um, I'll say Tai Chi. I'll, I'll cross my fingers and hope for Tai Chi because I don't want to see Sonata. And then on the same show, we've got Tetsuya Naito versus El Fantasmo. And again, this is a very tricky one to pick because we've been waiting for this ELP push to come. And, you know, he's had big matches against heavyweights. 
know, the likes of Shingo Takagi and uh, Tama Tonga. So, you know, maybe this is going to be the, the moment where he gets the big win. And you know, we could have a story where he's going through various members of Bullet Club. Right. Like in this part of the bracket, there's Chase Owens, there's Kenta. So it could be like he's beating those guys on the way to establishing his credentials as a uh, you know, bona fide heavyweight. Uh, in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling and maybe staking his claim for leadership of Bullet Club. Uh, so yeah, expect Naito to beat him. In a- <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, rather than, I'll go for the upset. I'm going ELP here. Do it. Cause guess what? If it's going to happen, it's got, it's got to happen here, right? Jay White's out of the picture. They don't necessarily have a full time leader. Um, I don't think it's David Finley. Um, and again, you're right. Kenta gets a bye automatically to the second round. So he's going to face the winner of Sonata and Tai Chi. And then Naito versus El Fantasmo. And shockingly enough, I don't know who's making these brackets, but Chase Owens gets a bye <laughs> into the second round. Uh, and, you know, that would mean Fantasmo versus Chase Owens in the second round. And let's just say Kenta goes on and beats the winner of Sonata and Taichi. So then it would be, you know, it could possibly be the, 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 you know, the, the seeds are there for a, an El Fantasmo Kenta match. So look, I, there's got to be a reason why all these Bullet Club people are in this same fucking bracket. May, maybe Krusty's coming. <laughs> Joel. Maybe I can't believe we're still doing this, but maybe this is it. Uh, so then March the 6th, so we're going to the bottom right-hand side of the bracket here. We've got David Finley against Tomohiro Ishii. Now, uh, again, we've heard uh, whispers that David Finley may have signed a, a long-term contract oh. extension with New Japan following the big angle at Battle in the Valley. So I am picking David Finley for the win here. You would think, right? You would think. Where are you? Where are you at in this bracket? Why, why don't I see? I don't. So I'm I'm going. In oh, I see. Oh, oh this is, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I'm with you. Okay, yeah, so bottom right. Yes, uh, Finley over Ishii. Yep, I would think that would just, that's a very likely scenario. And then uh, also March the sixth, we've got Shota Umino versus Yujiro Takahashi. Should be a pretty straightforward win for Shota here. I would think. Yep, I would think. Okay, and then we have a day off. And then we are skipping ahead to March the 8th, where we have Ren Narita versus Evil. And yeah, this is a tricky one because you can never discount Evil in these tournaments now. You know, it could be, oh, maybe this is the year where they're going to heat him up and he runs deep in the tournament. But I don't know. I feel like Ren has won the six-man belts over House of Torture. So I think they're going to solidify that. I'm I'm um, picking Ren for the win here. I would love to say it. Um I, but I do think uh, the possibility of a second round evil Jeff Cobb could be good too. But how about Ren, Ren Narita versus Jeff Cobb? That could be yeah, way better. <laughs> right. All right. I'm going to go with my hopes. This is going to be the Hope New Japan Cup. And let's say, yes. let's say Ren pulls it out. Uh, also, March 8th, we've got Toriano versus Mark Davis. So, what I'm looking at here is the winner of this will face Will Ospreay. And I can totally see Will Ospreay going to campaign New Japan and saying, let me have a singles match with Mark Davis and they will beat the shit out of each other and it will be great and it will make Mark Davis into a you know, big deal. Uh, so Yano gets the win here by punching Mark Davis in the testicles and rolling him up after five minutes. So um, <laughs> as my, I would love Mark Davis to win. Um, 
I just it's Yano, man. You can't pick against Yano, so I'm going Yano. All right, I'm going Yano only in the sense of not only in the stretch, uh, only in the sense, but I'm going Yano because Will Osprey has a buy into the second round. That would mean his first match would be against Toriano, which you know, if 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 we're being honest here, that's kind of a night off. He doesn't have to do all the shit that he would do against Mark Davis, that's for sure. So maybe we're preserving, we're, we're making sure we got a healthy Will Osprey for later, deeper in the tournament. Um, so I'll go Yana. And then March 10th, we will have Yoshihashi versus Carl Fletcher. So I think they are laying some groundwork here for Aussie Open to stake their claim for a shot at the heavyweight tag titles. And Carl Fletcher has been bulking up over recent years. There's been a lot of talk that, you know, that is the telltale sign that New Japan are keen on a young Westerner when they start packing on muscle mass. Apparently Tanahashi said a few years ago that he was very keen on Carl Fletcher. So this could be the start of the big Kyle Fletcher push. So I'm picking Kyle Fletcher for the win here. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, Oh, sorry. I should also add he had a big... Uh, main event match in Tamashi against Robbie Eagle. So that's, you know, could be them testing the waters to see if he's a viable singles wrestler. I, I think you're right too. And I think the tag titles might play a little factor in that as well. So, yep, I'll give Kyle the win there. Yeah, absolutely. And then Shingo Takagi versus Aaron Hanare. Uh, I think this is a pretty comfortable Shingo win. I think so too, but I would not have a problem with Hanare winning. I really wouldn't. I know people kind of shit on him a little bit. Um, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Um, but I, yeah, I, I mean, on paper, you would think Shingo's winning this, so I'll go Shingo. Okay, uh, then we uh, March the eleventh, so I think we both have Tai Chi versus Kenta here. Yeah, uh, I am going for. I would love and it. I know we've talked about this, having Kenta going through and doing the, the Bullet Club thing, but yeah, I like Tai Chi. I'm going Tai Chi. All right, that's fine. Then again, Kenta's the strong champion, isn't it? Maybe they've got to protect him. Yeah. Um, no, I'm still going Tai Chi. All right. Listen, th- th- that that could set up a, a title. Uh, I'm going all in on it, – it's ride or die with Bullet Club uh, implosion angle bullshit. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go Kenta. And then same show, we would both have El Phantasmo against Chase Owens. So I'm picking uh, ELP to go through there. As will I. Okay. Let me just write that down with my little digital pen here. Oh, look at you. <laughs> okay. Uh, then we have uh, March 12th. Oh, we would have Kyle Fletcher against Hiroki Goto. I don't. I don't know. Like they could, if they're really bold, they would have Carl Fletcher going through both members of Bishamon to really establish that you know Aussie Open as as gunned for those titles. But I don't think he's there yet, so I would pick Gotto to defeat Kyle Fletcher. Mm. That would be smart if they did that. Had him beat both to really, really drive that point home. Can you see Hiroki Goto? Losing a singles match to Kyle Fletcher. <sighs> I mean, I would. I, I mean, didn't he lose a singles match on the cup to Seema last year? Yeah, I don't remember. <sighs> all right, let's get some balls. Let's say they go all in. 
I'll pick Kyle. Why not? It's probably the dumbest thing I'll do today, but yeah. (laughs) Uh, Also on the March the 12th, we would, I guess, both have Shingo against Tamatonga. And I am picking Shingo here because I think he would be a good challenger for the Never title. So that would set up Shingo versus Tama for the Never title somewhere down the line. You, You read my mind. Exactly right. Yep. That's how I see it. Okay, so then March the 13th, we would have Ren versus Jeff Cobb. And I'm just looking ahead to the other side of the bracket where we've got Will Ospreay. I don't think they would do Cobb versus Ospreay as a, an in, intrafaction match. So I'm picking Ren to beat Jeff Cobb. Mm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know if they would do that. United Empire. I don't know, but all right, fuck it. Yeah, Renderita. Why not? Why, why am I thinking too much about this? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are, I'm going to be completely wrong by uh, next week. Right. Uh, then March 13th, we also have. Uh, I would. Yeah, Yano. Are we doing Yano Osprey. Have you got Yano beating Mark Davis as well? Yes. All right, so Osprey beating Yano. Yep. Osprey goes through. Yep. Yep. Fourteenth, uh, we have fourteenth. No, we've got a day off, so we're going then to the fifteenth of March. Then, so I would have David Finney against Great Khan. Um, normally, I would have picked Great Khan, but because they did that big angle with Finney, I am picking David Finley to beat Great Khan. Yeah, me too. Every time, every time I think it's Ocon's year, it never is. Why? Why change? Um. Yeah, I'll go Finley. Just because he has the uh, the fire underneath him right now. Then we've got Zack Sabre Jr. against Shota Umino. Now, my initial thoughts when I saw these brackets were Shota winning his side of the bracket and then Naito winning his side of the bracket and then doing Naito versus Shota in the final and then Shota wins and then doing Shota Umino versus Okada at Sakura Genesis. But I am cancelling that now mm. and I'm saying Zack Sabre Jr. to beat Shota Umino yeah yes yes okay fine I'm, I'm in then that would take us to is there anything on the 16th no 16th would be a day off and then the 17th my quarterfinal I've got Taichi versus ELP and I'm going ELP I have Kenta ELP and I'm going Kenta Then same show, I've got Ren versus Osprey. And I think, yeah, this would be the, the match for Ren to go very, very close, but to lose. So Osprey going through to the semis. We're on the same page. Osprey goes to the semis. Then on the 18th, I've got uh, Goto versus Shingo in the quarterfinal. And I'm picking Shingo to win. I guess I have, yeah, do I have Goto or do I have Kyle Fletcher? I think I had Kyle Fletcher. Uh, I did have Kyle Fletcher. Um yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with Shingo too. And then uh, also on the 18th, I have David Finley against Zack Sabre Jr. I'm picking David Finley. I'm picking Zack Sabre Jr. Okay. And then uh, my semi final on the 19th, I have got ELP versus Will Ospreay. And that should be good. I am picking uh, ELP because he's had a few near misses against Ospreay. I think ELP wins. Wow. How about that? I say Will Ospreay wins. 
Uh, Arthur's crying, so we're going to have to be quick. Up. I yep, think yep, I can I'm do it, Damon. Uh, we got. I've got Shingo against Finley, and I'm picking Shing. I am, am I picking Shingo to yeah Shingo to win. Uh, no, you wouldn't be picking Shingo. Oh, yes, you would. Uh, okay, yeah, and I will Shingo to beat Finley in the semis. I'm with you. I'm picking David Finley. So my final would be El Fantasmo against Shingo Takagi, and. <laughs> this That's is absolutely not, not going to happen. No, no snowball shots in hell. Uh, well, look, it's a rematch from their KBW stuff. I'm, I'm doing it. ELP, he's winning. Oh. ELP to win New Japan Cup. All right. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm with you. ELP wins it. Uh, let's fucking do it. Yeah. Because Will's winning it. Because I think win, Will is winning G1. I think that. Yes. So he's not going to win. He's not going to double dip. So. Fine. ELP. ELP is your winner. I think what's most important is, I got to get this joke in before you leave, is are we going to get the new the New Japan Cup picks from our friends? The guy on YouTube? Oh, um, the holiday, Christopher Mace. Oh, I, I'm, I will try. Please. That's going to be my mission this week. Yeah. We need, <laughs> we need his. Uh, tell him we'll have him on the show. We'll have him on the fucking show to do it live. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yes. Good. All right. All right. Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash JJS cast. Uh, if you want to give money to us, Discord link, you can get that by sending me a direct message on Twitter at Kawaii and progressingtees.com forward slash super JCast for our lovely t-shirt. Big thank you to editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at LazyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices Wrestling Podcast Network for other shows. Give us a five-second review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. <laughs> thank you everyone for listening. Goodbye. Hello, do you like New Japan Pro Wrestling? Are you a Shin Nihon freak? If so, check out the Super Jcast with Joel and Damon on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And even if you fucking hate New Japan Pro Wrestling, listen to the Super Jcast anyway. Not just for our great show reviews, analysis, and pastrami sandwiches, mm-hmm. but there's also usually some dick jokes somewhere in the obligatory opening 30 minutes of absolute nonsense we chat about every single week. That's the Super Jcast for all the best talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 